Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and tonight we would like to welcome comedian Jeff McLennan to the stage. How's everybody doing tonight? I mean, you guys made a big sacrifice to get here. I mean, who's going to drive the car? Who's going to pick up who? Who's going <laughs> to... <laughs> was, was that I a tried. Seinfeld impression? Yeah, I tried to do a little Well bit done. Seinfeld. Well done. I don't know. That was probably wasn't that good. But anyways, it, I did that for a reason. And the reason is, is that this podcast is going to be about comedians. Right. All about the craft of comedy. And one of the things that is often talked about are the openings, what comedians say when they first come on stage. Yes. Jerry uh, Seinfeld in his Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee has said to, I don't know who who was on the show at the time, but he said like, why do people come out and expect and like ask an answer or ask a question that they cannot get an answer from the audience when they first arrive? He said it's just like a, it's it's an automatic bad thing to do. Right. Well, and, you know, I, maybe if you're, you know, starting out and you've got an audience of a dozen people, but mm. I mean, he's when you're getting into the arena level of thousands of people, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Now he, but but he, a lot of pe- performers do that, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing, too, I would say. He's been doing it for a long time. It's definitely in his blood. It's his passion. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to take all that with a grain of salt. He's a pretty pompous individual, though, I find. You, you find so, too, right, after watching the show? He says some things that are just like, what? Well, yes. Sometimes? And I anyway. guess, so Jeff and I love watching stand-up comedy. We love and comedic, you know, movies, television shows, series. Yeah. And it's just an interesting art form. Well, and there really is so much to it that we wanted to do a, a podcast episode that sort of delved it a little bit into... Yeah. The craft of comedy and what goes into the act before the stand-up steps on stage. Well, remember when we were kicking around ideas for this podcast and stuff, and we were just talking about how great it truly feels to just make your friends laugh or anybody laugh. Because in that one instance, when they're laughing, they're not thinking about anything negative. They're not thinking anything that bothers them. They're just truthfully enjoying their life. And that's the job, that's the job of a comedian. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's, it's an important one, particularly in times like this. And, you know, I agree. I, I love to make people laugh. And yep. if you uh, if you stick around long enough in this episode, you're going to hear uh, me try to do a bit. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to take what I've read and researched and learned and, and show you just how difficult comedy can be when I uh, fail miserably at my bit. Yeah. How's that for a well, that- positive setup? They say, like, I know one of the things that Jerry Garcia, or Jerry Garcia, we were just listening, I was just listening to The Grateful Dead. You probably didn't even hear a note of it, really, did you? Did you notice that I put The Grateful Dead on earlier, by the way? Uh, was on, I in on the a room? vinyl? What? <laughs> was I in the room? Yeah, you okay. were. <laughs> you might have had headphones on to your defense. Any, anyways, uh, I forget what I was going to say now, but Jerry Seinfeld, what were we talking about? What were, we, what were you saying? Well, first, we're, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And we were talking about doing bits and practicing and... Yeah, he said that that's, that's one of the hardest things is to come up with the material for the bit. Well, right. And so... <clears throat> Excuse me. In in talking about that, a lot of, I guess, high-performing comedians, the ones who have really made it, and, and I've listened to quite a few different comedians being interviewed on various podcasts, they tend to have one thing in common in that they spend a lot of time 
just working on their their bits sitting down and writing things out getting the the words right uh you know and then and then the next step is they get out into the clubs (laughs) charlie's no comedian he's doing his bit right now Yeah, you can hear our cat yeah, I don't. He just knows when we're recording it. Well, he just knows. Yeah, I haven't seen him in hours, and then as soon as the mic goes on, he there wants he to is. party too, though. That's the thing, right? He's like, I got some jokes. Yeah, I'm yeah. a joke. I've heard his jokes. I know. So there, that I think that's probably one of the consistent things be, between uh, you know those who are successful and and uh, in the industry is that they are spending the time doing the work and then going out to the clubs and really working out the material. Yeah, I know. And Amy Schumer did her documentary. That and, was fascinating. And, and showed how much went into preparing material for a one-hour special. And it's it's literally months of going up on stage, having you know some comedians either record their set or i think probably most of them do they play it back they see what got laughs they have people taking notes and yeah. giving them feedback on on what you know where they should leave words out where they need to rearrange things where what, they need to you know put in a pause and like all that stuff you never really think about it but it's all calculated well i mean because the good ones do it so well right yeah. like it's jim like gaffigan I, for example he yes. is the master at like you know little quick jokes after the big joke and like you know and then doing a face to get another laugh or whatever you know well he's he's likable he's a likable guy he's clean so is seinfeld right yes and i think that that's an art in and of itself i think uh and seinfeld has said this he said he feels it's a bit cheap sometimes that people will use the the shock comedy or yeah or or, you know swear just to get their audience's attention and get yeah. the laugh and he feels that that's a bit of a cop out that it's you're not an easy really way work, out you're not really for looking laugh. for the laugh yeah with good I material agree. you're you're using something else to color it up a bit pun intended yeah. um <laughs> we were reminiscing actually jim gaffigan was i think at the last live act we saw before the pandemic set in he was here in st john that's new right. brunswick uh, on his uh tour and yeah a and, true craftsman because uh, i mean if you weren't there uh he he basically did some jokes about St. John, and I think he does that for no, no matter where he goes and visits, you know? Like, he went to an, into our friend's bar and talked to the guy, like, talked to Jody at uh, Five and Dime and made some jokes about that, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, he and I think he went over into Europe, too. So I know we have listeners from around the world, so, you know, if, if, yeah. if you happen to catch him on tour, I'm sure you picked up on the, the little pieces of information that he grabbed from your hometown or your home city and and how he plugs them into the act it's a smart thing to do i think they have a base you know their base material and then they just you know add a little bit of a a local flavor to it with with those bits of information i mean if i was a comedian and i was just on the i'd be tempted just to hit the hotel room and rest up in between gigs but i mean he was out of town eating donairs yeah he was <laughs> making sure he had all the right material so he loves the donairs one of the things that i've noticed about comedians is they do have different different techniques but i hadn't really thought too much about you know how how certain comedians go about their their work differently so for instance some comedians, it's very autobiographical. Yeah. So they'll get up on stage and they'll tell the story about something that happened to them in their in their life, and uh, yeah. you know, if they have kids or marriage, they'll use all that information for material. And one of the things that's criticized though is when they don't tell stories that are truthful. 
Right. So for instance, if they're telling a story about their, their wife the, and they're not even married. And it's not true. It just comes across as being very disingenuous. Contrived. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because, you know, you know, disgraced comedian Louis C.K. talked about a lot of things, like re- really personal things when it comes to his wife or his kids and stuff like that. They may or may not be true. It's, it's actually a gray area because we don't know. Well, that's right. I mean, with Jim Gaffigan, his wife actually helps him write his material, which I think is awesome. Mm. So, you know, that is really awesome. And he travels around with his wife and kids uh, when they're on tour often. So, yeah, it's, you know, I would like to think that there's a lot more truth to the material. And sometimes you just just hear comedians on stage like Andrew Dice Clay, and and it's just cringeworthy. Yeah. We've talked about this. So sometimes you go back and you. You might look up an old, uh, com- uh, an o- older comedian from another era, and they might have had an act that was so famous, so yeah. appreciated back then. And when you listen to it now, it is so off base in terms of, uh, you know, being appropriate or. Uh, you oh, know, I know. It's just it's amazing. We had put on. Um, I think it was something by Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, Raw think, or Delirious. And we got in about five minutes, and we're like, we can't watch this. It's, you know, <laughs> I, I guess we just know well, better now, right? Well, I find so that... it's we know better, and... Yeah. Another thing I find that's really interesting about some comedians is that they their jokes are so good that when they are when they deliver a really great joke, you as a, as a spectator watching it think in your head like I have on a few occasions like oh they could take that joke so much for like so much further if they wanted to but no they don't need to because they've got great more great jokes coming up you know what I mean I find that's really interesting it must be hard it must be hard for them to figure out where to go and when to abandon a joke even when they're halfway on stage yeah. and, and decide whether or not it's working and there are comedians that you'll see that'll bring notes up on stage yeah I think more so when they're working out the, the material yes. obviously on a Netflix special or HBO, when they're at that level, they, they've got things down. But That great scene where in, in that documentary called Comedians. Is that what it's called, Comedians? Yes, I think it's called yeah. The Comedian. The Comedian. So it has uh, two comedians, Jerry Seinfeld and Orny Williams. And it was Orny. in, I think, 2002. Mm. And it's really trying to show, I think, the, the juxtaposition between the comedian, a veteran who's made it. So this is, you know, post the post television Seinfeld. show, yeah. television show Seinfeld. Yeah. And then Orny Williams is really just sort of starting out in his career. And uh, Well, he's been going for a while, though. But like you're right, his things are starting to take off for him. So well, what you mean? yes, just yeah. sort of starting real hard to get to, where he was. to to get on to was it, I think the Tonight Show, yeah, and, Letterman, and making those big steps. And it was interesting to see them. Re- I think well, they showed both of them rehearsing in a similar fashion before the yeah. before the, you know, they would essentially just have bullets of yeah. words that would prompt them for their bits, and they would memorize sort of the order that they wanted those bits to come out. So. Uh, I found that whole part of it that really, is fascinating. Really fascinating. But there's that one scene though in in the in the documentary where Seinfeld goes up and he's at this little club and he's got his little piece of paper and he just he still couldn't remember what the joke was. Do you remember that? And yes. he was just like, "Oh, he's like this is a bad night, you know." Anyway, he completely lost You never his, really his think thread. of him having a bad night, but he's had the hard knocks as well. I think all comedians have bombed, and that's the only way you really learn. That's the way you learn in any really disciplined like art or whatever like you you don't know if it's going to work unless you try it well you know exactly and i mean it's something that you think is funny to to you you Mm. know when you're sitting down and writing it out or 
practicing it in your living room <laughs> once you get out yeah. on stage i mean it's obviously the audience that'll tell you yeah um i mean it's been said that you know there's no j- true justice like uh comedy i mean you have your critics opinion immediately point. and that yeah you know they're when for instance when a film comes out and you have all of these critics who write reviews well with comedy the review has already happened yeah. people either laughed or they didn't yeah and in that moment well, you it and was i are decided like that. whether or not it was successful you and I are like that. If, like, if we're ready to watch a like uh, a comedy special and we don't know the comedian, we know within like two or three minutes whether or not we find the person funny or not, and we'll you know we'll move on to the next comedian. I, I mean, that's really interesting, isn't it? Either they're funny for you or not. Period. Well, it makes sense too that we've heard comedians comment in these various documentaries and, and interviews that they. You know, uh, I guess it's an amateur mistake to start mm. out with your new material uh, because sometimes you do get excited and, and you want to try out new material on stage, but you need to start with what's tried and true and get the audience mm-hmm. laughing because once people start laughing, it's once, easier to keep yeah. them going. It's kind of getting that over that little hump. And once I've noticed they've that accepted with, you, then you can kind of ride with things a little bit more. Yeah, you're right. Well, even when I watch stand up, you know, when we watch something on, uh, put a special on television and it's sort of, you know, once you get the first laugh or two in, I find that they come easier yeah, for, for me true. personally. And also if the other people in the room are laughing, it's contagious. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you, you, you I don't know, you got to laugh. A comedian's got to kind of make you laugh and, and, not, and not everybody's like strain of comedy is the same, you know, well, not all crowds are the same. I mean, I talked about the autobiographical, uh, you know, style, and then there's also something that's more observational. Yeah, so, like Jer- George Carlin. George Carlin, absolutely. So yeah. then the, the, those who take the opportunity for political statements. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Jeffries, I guess, would be more of a contemporary example. Have we of watched that. Bill Hicks yet? You have to watch some Bill Hicks. He's I think, funny. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I have the worst time. He's one of to, my favorite comedians. I have He's, to watch about six of their. <laughs> <laughs> they're specials before I can remember their names. I'm yeah. horrible with their names. We'll but. have to watch some more, some you know, even rewatch it because it's worth it. You know, if you're if you're interested like we are in a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes with comedy and and you know what goes into to you know writing a bit or even just making comedy happen in film and on television. Kevin Hart has a new podcast out called Inside. Uh, inside jokes yeah i'd like to listen to that it actually just started last month so there's only a couple of episodes out but um i listened to one and it, w- it was interesting it was well done who's and, he uh, interviewing like what comedian or do you uh, anybody famous well i i i heard seinfeld obviously seinfeld's really making the circuit and mm. he so it leads me to think that he's because he is so in the limelight he's ready to he wants to stay relevant well he he hinted on having some major project on oh. the, on the go something different than oh. anything he's worked on before so i see i wonder what that is um, and i think they're just sort of waiting for the pandemic maybe he's to, doing a car show just cars no jokes <laughs> perhaps <laughs> maybe that's it but i was impressed with kevin hart and one of the things that he said is even when he's acting he he never runs lines he has such a great memory that he just needs to read through the script or the bit that he's written. Who does? Sorry, Kevin Hart. Oh yeah, and wow. his memory is so good that once he's read it, he knows it. Wow, that's a well, that's a photographic memory, right? Well, yes, and so it's. Uh, he said once he he knows it and he understands it, it just it just becomes part of him, and he's able to dole it out. 
Yeah. So I don't know whether his directors would say whether he's line by line or if he's one of those people who ad, ad libs, but uh, I'd say he's like an observational comedian. Like, you know, and yeah. a bit of a storyteller too. Oh yeah, story. T- I love that as well. Like you know, with comedians, it's the storytelling aspect of it all. Like that's Louis C.K. and well, lots of lots of comedians really. So there are different types of, uh, I guess gimmicks and things that you see with some comedians some will some will have a persona on stage yeah. uh i think he saw Bobcat. that more with the old school comedians yeah where they would really come out in, in sort of costumes with props and yeah a lot going on but uh or even a voice you know they might have a different voice that they use during their act yeah and you know jim gaffigan sort of has that inside voice yeah the inside voice which that's I, which is great you know it's yeah uh, that would be that would be like a, a function of comedy that if someone else did it then it, it would be kind of ripping ripping it off because he's been doing it for so long and it's it's his kind of trademark yeah it definitely seems very unique to him you know and that's something we always watch out for is when you when you see an act that has already been done yeah it's it really throws you off that, i remember as a kid seeing this uh this uh comic and he was called the unknown comic and he did his whole bit with a paper bag over his head oh really yeah and he was the unknown comic there's probably youtube videos we'll check out see if there is oh it's kind of like the voice yeah. but he's he was kind of he was like that old school rodney dangerfield kind of like you know you know really quick one-liners kind oh, of okay. style anyway i just remember that as a kid that's really fascinating yeah he just cut holes in his up for his eyes and his mouth well i remember there was an a there was a bit around uh, Cinnabons, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and remember. we and we saw it, and then and we I guess we Louis, saw the Louis same CK, bit, and then we saw another comedian do yeah, that. Who bit, was that? And we were like, yeah, who they, did it first? Yeah. Who wore it best? And we looked it up, and people were talking about it. Well, yes, because there people there was that up very who was quickly. It? What comedian was it that we? Oh, it was it was uh, what's her name? Amy uh, Schumer. Amy Schumer yeah, stole what? Uh, well, was. You know, she was accused of stealing accused. material. It seems strange to me in today's day and age when everything is recorded and shared on YouTube and, you know, just mm-hmm. online in general, that people would, like, it's so easily identified when yeah. someone steals a bit. Whereas, you know, maybe 50 years ago, if you were in a club and you stole someone's bit, word yeah. of mouth might you know, get around about it, but there really wasn't, you know, evidence. Yeah. Now there's evidence. Yeah. So it's, a strange, it's a strange thing for people to do and definitely... Uh, a lazy way to do comedy. Uh, there's some really, I just want to mention some really brilliantly original methods too. Like Neil oh, Brennan. Oh yeah, Neil doing, Brennan's doing Three Mics. Three Mics. That uh, is if you haven't checked that out, it's on Netflix. It's a special where check he that out. literally is working three mics with three different uh, personas, personas and, of, and styles of comedy, really. And like, just so well done. One like, one mic is just one-liners that you have to like actually think about. You know what I mean? Like Almost like Stephen Wright. Who's another, one of my favorite comedians of all time is Stephen Wright. He had that really dry, dry approach, you know. It's, it's like, almost like you're trying to make your voice dry as you're yeah. talking about this dry like, approach. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> you might need a drink. There. I know, it was like, uh, but he, he, like, you know, he had jokes like, uh, what if birds, when they died, they just stayed up there? You know, and I had a dog, his name was Spot. I spilled oh. spot removal on him and now I can't find him. You know, oh, yeah, Those kinds of things. Anyway. I, re- I remember that that guy. I remember that guy. Uh, some comedians will use visuals, too. I'm thinking there was an Amy Schumer special where she put up that painting her, That's husband, brilliant. her husband had did of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when she was in labor. That's or? the biggest laugh of the show. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. Easily. 
I know. And That's the thing was, that people true, leave you know? with, you know. And it was, you know, the fact that I think it's when it's real. That's yeah. that's the best stuff. That stuff's gold. Ab- absolutely. Um, handling hecklers. Yeah. That in itself is an art form, and I've seen well, different. When comedians. that Michael Richards wasn't very good at. No, that's well, well said. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, and it's been but said that there's no nights. bad no bad audience. If mm. you can't get them to laugh, that's on you. But um, there's definitely some hecklers that are a little more aggressive than others. Yeah. And, and we've watched we've watched different. I guess scenarios where they, I mean, on the Netflix specials and things, you don't get that there's type two, of thing. But there's two versions of, of dealing with them. There's decimate them, make them feel like they're just ruining everything, and then there's just ignore them and like make a little joke. Well, or even just I'd say, uh, you know, even incorporate some some people even incorporate it into their act. Mm. Like I I had seen uh, I think it was a scene in a club in in New York and and somebody this woman was clearly drunk and being really loud and obnoxious yeah and uh and the comedian's like just act natural nobody will be able to tell that you're drunk and just really call her out <laughs> on it you know and rather yeah. than getting angry just really it built it into the well routine. it's whatever makes they're a comedian so it's whatever makes gets a laugh you know whatever gets a laugh to the, for the room uh a fascinating thing about some of the really high like well we've talked about jerry seinfeld a lot in this because i think he's probably the epitome of a successful comedian his net worth is edging on he's getting up there close to a billion dollars now so yeah definitely uh successful and and legitimately so he goes out still three weekends a month yeah and does stand up in the clubs uh in new york and tries out new material i guess he goes to gotham usually yeah. And I was listening to an interview with uh, Jim Gaffigan was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was talking about the fact that he, he does the same thing. He goes out, he says, great, he can put the kids to bed and then he can pop out to a club and try set and work on his material. But he always, uh, he always calls ahead because he doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't he want to, to bump people. He doesn't want to, well, I guess he, he, he's very famous as well, yeah. very successful. So he realizes he would likely bump other people so he'll yeah. call ahead to find out where there is actually a slot but he laughed and said he also calls ahead because if jerry seinfeld's coming in he's not even going to bother yeah <laughs> he tries not to to hit it up at the same time because he knows he'll definitely get bumped another thing about comedians that i find is that the ones that are really 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 great are good people you know they're not they're not pompous like in that documentary the comedians that aren't what's his name Orny. Orny Williams. Or, like, he was very pompous and all about like climbing that comedian ladder and just like, and just doesn't matter. Like he just, he's just so into himself that he lost the like, the reality and the soul of, of what it means to be a comedian, it seemed. Even if he was funny, he still was ugly on the outside. Do you know what I mean? Well, it certainly came across as though he was not in it as much for the love of the craft but more yeah. for the desire to be famous yeah i know and, you know and wanting and becoming very you know angry at the audiences like not not when he was on stage but just his, no I, I just and was not <laughs> not open to any type of criticism whatsoever that and th- but just to just to talk about this just a little further though like how many comedians do you feel we know that are like that, that we absolutely love? Because we would never know if it wasn't on a documentary like that. We would never know what kind of person well, they are. I mean, look what comes it's, out around Bill Cosby, Louis C.K. Well, yeah. I mean, 
mean, well, they idolized he, Bill Cosby on the show. Like this was obviously before all that came out, but like you know, like as far as a comedian was concerned, he was the pinnacle for Jerry Seinfeld, right? And many others, which is just like anyway. This is an interesting aside, which is what I'm good at. Another, an interesting series that Jeff and I watched was The Marvelous Miss Maisel, uh, which is on yeah. Amazon Prime. So that was great. It, if you haven't checked that out, it it's really well done, and it shows. You know, I guess the focus is on on her as probably one of the first female comedians in the in the. Obviously, it's fictional, but there are references. There are references to, to like, like Lenny yeah, Bruce. Lenny it would Bruce. be the time of, yeah. of Lenny Bruce, and uh, you know who did a lot through his comedy in terms of um, just for free speech yeah. and and uh, you know trying to uh, really you know test the boundaries with censorship. Yeah, and was arrested several times, but. Uh, you know, he there's a there is a somebody who who makes an appearance to represent Lenny Bruce in, in Marvelous Miss Maisel. But what I found fascinating about that series is just how much work it took for her to get to where she needed to be. Yeah. And how, you know, they they all go into the clubs and they try yeah. to get up on stage. You know, they're at yeah. the mercy of the club owners to put them up there they're at the mercy of the audience. Uh, sometimes they're, you know, waiting around for hours just to get a 15 minute set in. And, and you know it really takes a lot of work, and they're takes a lot of work, and they're putting themselves out there full on. You yeah. know, uh, it's it's very bare, very raw, and really being left open to criticism. I find that some of the best comedians look at their art form as more theater rather than like telling jokes. Like it, telling jokes is part of it, but it's more like a whole. It's the whole thing. Like I love comedians that have really expressive facial expressions or you know actions with their body while they're telling a joke or you know this that that to me is really 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 uh brilliant well you know it's a full package i'm always listening to podcasts uh when i I walk to and from work luckily enough i um i have some time to listen to podcasts so i listen to comedians on that and it's interesting to just hear their humor uh you know and not be able to see them and see if they're still able to make you laugh yeah and you know it's it's a strange time now walking to work because of covid going on and so i always walk and i'm usually on the sidewalk but i'm lucky enough i don't run into a lot of people during my commute right but if i do i'll i'll take a few steps out and get out onto the street yeah and uh i do that till i get about to the last block before my office and then all of a sudden it's like this jam-packed sidewalk because there's a series of bus stops yeah and i'm just you know it's like running the gauntlet yeah you know like that's that's what it feels like now in the pandemic but it's everybody's standing around smoking waiting for their bus they got their masks around their chin and i'm like do i step out on the street and risk getting hit by a bus or do i stay on the sidewalk and run the gauntlet and i completely step out on the street and have not yet been hit by a bus. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Not it makes, yet. It makes me think, too, though, there's a certain benefit of staying six feet away from people. Yeah. And I'm thinking we need to carry this on even after COVID. Oh, like, yeah. Think about all the benefits of this. You don't have to worry about what's in your teeth. You yeah. ate garlic the night before. No one's going to smell it. You don't That's have to worry true. about other people's breath. <laughs> you don't have to worry about their B.O. <laughs> And it's like, you know, you ever have someone jam into your heels with their grocery cart in the grocery store and be like, no, that's not going to happen. Six feet away. It's like, if I don't know you and you're not in my bubble, you just stay six feet away from me forever. And 
you know, I think that's what we need to do. If we can just agree as a society that we'll just keep that going. Yeah. I haven't been sick in forever. Yeah, I haven't been sick in two years or so. Knock on some wood. I find some wood here. There we go. <laughs> yeah. That, that was your bit, wasn't it? That was my bit. That is awesome. Good job, honey. And close talkers great. won't even exist anymore. Yeah. We know some close talkers, too. So That was my bit. Yeah. That's a pretty good bit. That's well, like, you know, you could elaborate on that though, and like, and and you know what? It's a visual thing too, right? Because like, you know, people didn't see, but you had like, you were holding on to that shopping cart when you were I telling know. the story. So, I mean, <laughs> well, the that's other thing good. about COVID is I can never go back to not knowing how germ-ridden everything is. Like, yeah. I'll never touch a doorknob or a gas pump handle or a shopping cart in the same way. Yeah, everything now. You know, we can't go back to unknowing. I know. I don't know where everything is going to go, but, you know. That wasn't the bit. That was just... That wasn't your bit? <laughs> that, that was just me going on oh, about COVID Oh, at that the part, end, yeah. At that end. Oh, that was good. No, well, you know, it was interesting because I did think a little bit about the sequence of that. I decided I would do it more in a story format, and it's definitely something that's true. It's something I go through every day, going through that walk along the gauntlet and uh, past the smokers. And, uh, you know, it's... It's not an easy thing to do to try to put a comedic comedic bit together. It made me really no. appreciate when someone gets up there and does an hour of material. And an hour. I an know. hour. And, I, you know, getting the sequence, getting the pauses, getting uh, getting the laughs. <laughs> it would be so nerve-wracking. Like, what if you got out there? I mean, I've done this in theater where you forgot your line, and it's someone's always there to tell you your line. There's no one, there's no one there no, to tell you your line. No, you're out there on your own. You're out there on your own. So the next time you're, you know, if you're... There's a lot of lo- really great local yeah, comedy here as well. Yeah, check out some local comedians. And you know what? Give them... John the, Forward know. and... Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that was, one, that was one racing car that just went by. That was a race, yeah. Upper Street. But um, James Mollinger, Chuckles. Yes. All kinds of great... There's, and so yeah. that's here in St. John, New Brunswick. But from wherever you're listening to uh, from, make sure you check out your local comedians and show them some support, show them some love, because it's not an easy thing. And thank God that there's people out there to make us laugh. Yeah, because we need these laughs during this COVID-19 crap. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on InfoQuench. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till next time. time.